This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Future File your weekly podcast discussing the technology impacting the way we live, the way we work, the way we play. My name is Jeff Parsons, I'm the Mirror's tech and science editor, and joining me is Shivali. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about the science of love. Woo. Whoa. Because it's Valentine's Day. Oh, romance. Romance is in the air. <laughs> Valentine's Day is here. Um, so we are going to be your technical uh, cupids. We're going to take you through the dating scene and Ooh, marriage. Oh, I like that, technical cupids. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to be shooting little arrows of technical love right down your ear canals through this podcast and giving you uh, all kinds of interesting little techie tidbits. So uh, it might be typically celebrated with you know flowers and chocolates and roses and poetry, but uh, we're more interested in the blinking lights and the chemicals and all the science and stuff. So... <laughs> Actually, that segues nicely into my first point, is the science of love. So, why do we fall in love? Uh, now, there's lots of highfalutin ideas about uh, love at first sight and, you know, the wonders and the, care and, the, and the beauty and falling in love with someone and meeting that person. But really, it's all just about chemicals in the brain. It's always just science, it's isn't it? It's all just science. It all boils yeah. down to chemicals and hormones and things like that. So, um, typically... Um, scientists can um, sort of divide love into kind of three stages. The first stage is lust. Uh, this is when the release of sex hormones, testosterone and estrogen, um, drive people to kind of fancy each other and kind of really drive that initial attraction. And a fun fact for you here is that testosterone is actually also produced in women. It's, yep. not, it's not just for men, which I think sometimes people think it is. Yeah. But yeah, there you go. So that's the first phase is that lust phase. The second phase of love is attraction. Uh, and this is where you can't think about anyone else. It's uh, interrupting your waking moments. When you annoy all your friends. When you annoy your friends about <laughs> it. Um, you know, you can't eat, you can't sleep. You're just thinking about that person. So beautiful. <laughs> and, and this is when neurotransmitters called monoamines are released into your brain. These are um, chemicals like dopamine, adrenaline, serotonin. Um, these are all kind of floating around in your in your brain and causing you to think and act this way. So that's the that's you moved on past the initial lust phase. You're in the attraction phase. This is what that's what's going on inside your head. The, the release of, of those um, trigger chemicals. Next, you get to attachment, um, and this is sort of <laughs> this takes over from attraction. This is kind of when. Maybe the honeymoon period is over. Yeah. Maybe things have simmered down a little bit. Still very much in love. Still very much in love. It's more practical now, isn't it? It's more practical. Yeah. Um, and this this is what happens uh, when a, a chemical called oxytocin is released from the hypothalamus gland. And um, that occurs during deep emotional connections. Um, and it's what fosters that, that attachment phase, that um, things that keep keep human beings together. Um, it can happen 
during childbirth, uh, <laughs> or if you're not at that stage yet, during a good old-fashioned orgasm. Yep. Um, so that is a very, very brief um, overview of sort of some of the chemical science behind falling in love. Um, so that's sort of some of the sciencey aspects of it. Now let's let's kind of dig into a little bit of the techie side of love. Um, so Shivali, do you want to tell us a little bit about the dating scene? Yeah, so I'm going to go pre-love, I think, into right. the dating bit. How do you find love? Yeah. So online dating used to be seen as this massive taboo and like a, a bit of a last resort, but it is used by so many people now. And I think if anyone ever mentions that they're online dating, you don't even blink an eye. You're just It's just absolutely normal now. Um, so some stats for you. Um, dating apps are now responsible for creating 14% of all relationships. I think that's quite a lot. That's quite a lot. Yeah, considering yeah. things like Tinder haven't been around that long. No. 14%. Yeah. Um, And there's 17 million singletons in Britain um, using these dating apps to find love. 17 million of us. 17 million. Signed up. Yeah. Well, let's hope a lot. Let's hope most of them are singletons. Ah, good one. Yeah. Anyway, Tinder is the number one, um, which is probably the the most well-known, with with 55% of Brits having used it. Um, and then pl- for 55% so over half of Brits have used Tinder used Tinder yeah wait is that hold on is that 55% of all Brits or do you think it's 55% I'm guessing it's 40? of the I'm those who did online dating I'm guessing people who are online dating that's right or else our stats are all over the place that's true <laughs> um, and then it's plenty of fish um, with 41% uh, and that was a study by TSB recently um, and w- us Brits love to date the average person goes on two dates a week now Oh, sorry, a month. Two dates a week. Two dates a week is expensive. But these people find the time. Two dates a month. Um, But it is very expensive dating. Um, Guess how much the average date now costs? Okay. I risk of showing myself up. Average first date, date I should say. Average first date. Mm -hmm. So let's think. Average first date, where you're going to go for a meal, um, maybe maybe a movie or something like that Mm -hmm. as well. Oh, for for both of you, probably, probably in the region of... 60, 70 quid? Well, £41.20. But if you think that's an average, so not everyone's uh, going for dinner, some people are just doing drinks or okay. cinema. But that's if you're doing two a month, that's a lot, that's a lot of money. That's yeah. a lot. Um, and then the average second date tends to cost around £28. Right, so we've dropped. We've dropped. We've dropped for the second date. If you're doing, say you want the first date one week, second date right. week after. So, so the first date, you really have to pull out You have to put the, the effort in, yeah. Everything. Chocolates, Cho- roses... Yeah. Next By the one. second date, yeah. you're dropping that bar Trisco a little Domino's bit. Domino's the next one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting, though. Yeah, I mean, I um, in my dating days, I remember getting, I remember getting a bit expensive. Yeah, it yeah. is pricey. I know, especially if you're God, in London. I think because you, you end up doing like events and. That's true. It depends. Yeah, it depends where you are, where you are based. Yeah. But that is interesting, that stat about um, the, the number of people that turn into dating apps. I really do think that they are kind of. It, you know, I mean, the days before dating apps, you had to pluck up your courage and go and talk to someone in a bar or something. I yeah. you still do that. Uh, but it's a it's a much more convenient, it's a quicker way, and people don't have as much time anymore. Um, and I'm not surprised at all that Tinder would be the top, because if you think about how simple it is to use... Yeah, a simple swipe left that's or right. That's it. It's so, it's so easy. It is very superficial, though, Yeah. with Tinder just being photos and then a small blurb. Um, yeah, a lot of people 
just you. I Herbie. remember. I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is still the case or not. But there was a, a little while back. There was a look at. They were trying to somehow integrate Tinder with Instagram, so you could kind of see more of the person. Um, I don't know what ever happened to. It. I remember writing stories about it a little mm. while ago. Um, and I just remember sort of thinking, this is going to Well, a lot of people put their Instagram That's, yeah, bio yeah. in their... Um, they, no, they, Instagram in their, handle in their bio. Right. Yeah. So if you want to see more pictures of me, go over here. Oh, my goodness. I know. So we've mentioned some of the big ones, which is Tinder. I'm so away from all the scene. I'm so out of all this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Jeff got married last year, so... That's right. I'm an out. I'm a married. He's so in the attachment phase. I'm, <laughs> I am still in the lust phase. <laughs> Absolutely, I love my It's life. like you met yesterday, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we mentioned some of the big ones. Tinder, um, Plenty of Fish, there's Match.com. But there's a lot more niche options. So I did some research okay. about some of the most Brilliant. niche ones I could find. We've got Remainder. Do you want to guess what that is? Is this... Is this I will say, Shivali hasn't told me about this before the show or anything. I generally no, have not this heard this before. <laughs> is this something to do with Brexit? Yep. People who voted Remain in the EU referendum. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Make sure your your views are aligned straight away. You can now date someone that voted the same way you did in the referendum. Or if you want to have, I suppose, some really fiery dates, you date someone on the other side. Oh, God, that's not my kind of date with a big political debate. Mm. No, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's Remainder. Then we've got Bristler. Bristler. Is this... Uh, something to do with someone else that finding someone with like a beard. Yep. So if you're if you're if a you're lady really and you into want, your bearded uh, men, if you want a yeah, you want a guy Bristler. with a nice big thick beard, then you can go on Bristler. And my personal favourite, equestrian Cupid. <laughs> Is this some sort of horse? Dating <laughs> yeah, for the horse riders. Or for the horse riders, not the actual horses themselves. I'm, I'm hoping not, no. <laughs> what? Who knows? I bet there is some kind of horse dating app out there. Because I bet if you're a horse breeder and you want to make sure your stallion is, I don't know, fos- fos- <laughs> I don't even know the terminology. We're but, so uh, not horse people, are we? Not we? Horse, I'm not a horse person at all. But I imagine for like the owners and the breeders, they must be looking to get the genetics perfect, so they want to yeah. match the horses with the right thing. Anyway, that's all. Maybe tangent. you just invented something there. Maybe I did. An yeah. app, like Tinder for horses. What would you call it? I don't know. There's a good pun in there hey, somewhere. Hey, you, no. <laughs> hey, you, something. I don't know. Um, well, that was a tangent I did not expect to go down. Yeah, but there's literally something for everyone now. Because um, so many people use it, it's nice that there's there's niche options for the... Mm. Do you think anyone, do you think an app will come and sort of supplant Tinder? Do you think there will be um, anything new? I mean, in the, in the social networking side of things... Um, people have kind of been predicting sort of the demise of Facebook for a while, you know, because Facebook tra- um, transplanted MySpace, mm-hmm. um, and now people are saying, "Oh, Facebook and Bebo and Bebo before that." Mm-hmm. So, do you think Tinder is the pinnacle of dating apps, or do you think we'll see? No, I think there'll be something else. There'll be something else. Yeah, as technology develops, it's going to be beyond just swiping, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can get some now where you can like do video chats and things on it. So, I wonder really, what, yeah. So there might be some kind of new technology come out that gets incorporated into one. And I suppose, oh, I don't know, I'm being cynical about it. Well, we, we talked about how much a date costs. There's always money to be made. So if you can, is, is, is Tinder free? Do you have to Tinder's free, free, yeah. Tinder, Tinder's free, that might also be I think wise, you can get so. Tinder Plus, where you get like unlimited swipes or something. But Oh, okay, so that because that would be a smart idea. You give the main app away for free and then work in some sort of paid for tier yeah. that gives you a few, I don't know, access to extra specially beautiful or talented people that's horrible I don't know that is horrible isn't it? poor ugly people oh. God. <laughs> they deserve love as well Jeff everyone okay? deserves love everyone deserves love 
But actually, there's there's a point because, you know, dating apps have have just totally open the playing field so if you have a very specific type then as we just found out be it a man with a beard or someone a woman with a horse breeds horses yeah <laughs> um you can uh, you can find someone like that so it's sort of a democratization of the dating scene a little bit whereas in i don't know i suppose days of yore you had uh, you had to date whoever was in your village yeah <laughs> unless you were gonna hop on a i don't know an old car and pass her over to the next village yeah um yeah dating circa 1930 um yeah <laughs> <laughs> that took a weird tangent as well again there's maybe one of our less kind of well-structured <laughs> podcasts we'll just kind of see where i go um so if you've used your dating app to uh meet the love of your life you're you're freshly kind of ready for that new commitment you know the first three you know the three stages of love because we've just talked you through it so you are now happily with your your new partner are there any tech uh, gifts or tech gadgets you can kind of use to um, use as presents or you can use to kind of keep the love alive or anything like that that come to mind for you? So I did a little bit of research on this Good, I'm glad you did because I didn't do any. And most of the ones I found were for long-distance couples. Okay. And some are very weird. Oh, okay. So one called Kissinger which is a small gadget that you attach to your phone and you can send long-distance kisses. And the person on the receiving end also has the device and will feel like whatever, I don't know, pressure or however you're kissing. Oh, I, I remember seeing their device. This. So to, to paint a beautiful visual image for the listeners, <laughs> you have a little, like a, a, a sort of a thing that you slot your, um, your phone smartphone into. into and yep. it's got a pad on the front? Yeah, a little pad on the front with a, kind of like... Like a foamy, rubbery type yep. pad that you... So you, you and your partner would both have smooch. one. Give it a little smooch yeah. and that will be reflected in their one somehow. Because well, that must use the... Because um, the, the smartphones now can be pressure sensitive, the screens. Yeah. Um, which they use for f- sort of force pressing if you want to sort of just open it up slightly or use shortcuts and stuff like that. So, I well, no, it must be through the gadget or else you just, yeah, or right, you just right. kiss the phone. Why wouldn't you just kiss your phone? <laughs> God. We've again invented something new. Yeah. We're nailing it today. So there's so this Kissinger app is, sorry, gadget, is, is something that people can, is it sort of, is this something that's around people can kind of kind of buy it or is it yeah it's around it's, it's not just in the design phase it's I'm not sure how uh, actually. how good it actually is and if it's very oh realistic so you haven't tested it out I haven't actually no haven't. Kissinger if you'd like to send me one we'll, um, Shavali, we'll see come on here and <laughs> talk to the good listeners about this tech and you haven't tried it out yourself oh I'm sorry um, and then to would go you, with that oh, hold on sorry. we can't just leave it there would you would you ever give it a go? No. 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 I live with my boyfriend, so it's easier. Right, but what but... if he was going on a what if he was going no. away somewhere? No. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> would think you? I would. No. <laughs> what? Was that no. a little hint? I you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to go with that, you also have. Full... I don't need it. My wife's a great kisser. Oh my god! Please <laughs> leave that one there. Um, next one is I think it's called Frebbles, and that is long distance hand holding. So again, another device that you would mm-hmm. hold. And your partner would feel pressure, I guess. It kind of looks like a mini hand. Right, like a little creepy A creepy little robot hand, hand that will squeeze you as if your partner is squeezing you. Oh, I can see the good intentions behind that. Yeah, but again, but I'm not really sure. I'm not going to be using that anytime soon. So it's 
you you carry this hand around with you, <laughs> and then you want to. I'm not sure you're going to use it on the move, to be honest. Yeah. I think you probably have it so you s- at home. When you're when you're missing your away. partner, or if you're on the phone to them, you could be holding their hand. Holding their hand as you talk. I mean, the sentiment's there, but the it is creepy. There. And I like. <laughs> I see that. I mean, the tech is tech. The tech industry is the great communicator. It's trying to bring people together and, and foster communications and things like that. Um, so I see the the idea there. Of, you know, now you can you know bridge distances that uh, when you're not with someone. I mean, you know, we're not in the days of having to write letters to people anymore. Now you can you can call someone up and look at them on your phone. And I'm amazed actually the amount of people I see sort of walking around FaceTiming just right there on the street. It's really yeah really popular. You would think you know with all that you probably don't need to start kissing extra <laughs> gadgets and, and holding little weird robotic hands. I don't know. I've never been in a long term a long distance relationship so. Maybe you get desperate after a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe you do. If anyone out there is in a long-distance relationship and wants to stick up for the gadgets we are currently rubbishing, <laughs> slating, slating um, <laughs> feel free. So those were the two kind of uh, weird ones I found. I'm not sure you're sure about romantic, techie gifts. Yeah, there's I mean, a, There's a gap in I the market. There is a gap in the market. I think romance, people still want to have sort of very analogue gifts, give me flowers and chocolates. Mm-hmm. Rather than a, I don't, I don't know. What would you get someone? The problem is, if you get someone a tech gift, they're going to take it as they might take it a certain way. If you get someone like a cool wearable, they they might kind of saying, well, you see, you're saying I need to exercise more. <laughs> yeah, um, you don't want to offend them. Yeah, I don't know. Get someone a, um, I don't know. There we go. Great tech gifts. So we've talked about people in relationships. What about the singletons? What tech is there for them? Ah, well, the tech for them is, I think, we. Um, Again, going around singleton's companionship, right? You, you haven't met that person yet. You may be not out on the dating scene, or maybe you are and it's just not working for you. Um, there are um, plenty of um, things out there that are kind of pushing the boundaries of human companionship. Um, there is an app, for example, there's an app um, that came out, I believe, last year. It's called, I think it's called Replica, or Replicant. And it is a AI-powered app that acts as a um, kind of... Like a like a spoken word journal, as in you talk into it like it's like a diary. So you right. record your thoughts and you talk into this app, and it learns aspects of your personality as you use it, and it responds. So it um, it communicates with you, and you have a conversation. And the idea being, um, it's easier to kind of record your thoughts and your feelings, your emotions, if you're being prompted. Right. So if you sort of just sat down with a blank page or, or dear diary, dear diary yeah. sort of thing, you know, you might I don't know struggle a little bit to kind of really recall kind of how you thought about it um, and the idea of this app and I think there are other products as well that do a similar thing is that you might sort of sit down and say oh you know I, I've had a really bad day today and they say oh well why have you had a bad day and then that prompts you to go oh well this person was mean to me or this this thing that I wanted to do I didn't get around to doing it um, or oh hold on we're talking about love aren't we this person never called me back <laughs> <laughs> something like that um, so that is that that sort of that blend of, of where humans um get companionship from inanimate objects is kind of flourishing a little bit um there's obviously the the very famous the famous film her yeah where um joaquin phoenix falls in love or develops a relationship with the assistant on his phone scarlett johansson scarlett johansson she has got a lovely voice doesn't she a tailor-made voice for yeah for doing the old um if you're gonna have an ai yeah girlfriend you would pick her voice i think um, and that kind of I don't know how I don't know if that that film got um, 
you know, really wide release or if it was if it was if it was really kind of hugely successful. But I definitely remember it was picked up in the kind of the tech circles and some of the people that I speak to um mm. were very kind of um interested by it and what it portrayed, um uh, that sort of relationship. relationship. Yeah. Um because if you kind of go back to what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast about the, the chemicals um in your brain you know, that's obviously, we've only ever seen it triggered by other people, mm -hmm. those kind of human connections. Um, but if it's simply a case, of, if we're just talking fundamental chemicals and releasing them, what's to say that that same process can't couldn't... be triggered by a really smart piece of software that knows exactly what it has to say or do? To The um, thing is, though, it is at the end of the day, end of the day just software. It's not got emotions. It's, it's been programmed to respond to how you are. I think I'd really struggle with that, that you're not actually getting anything, anything real back. It's just telling you what mm. you've designed it to say, essentially. Yeah. And you think your your logical brain would override, uh, you know, any anything, any emotional kind of um, Im information impetus you're getting is kind of being overridden in, by, in your own logical brain of going, well, I know it's not real. I know yeah. someone else has programmed it to say that or to, to react this way when I do this sort of thing. And you might try and kind of game the system a little bit and get you know tell tell say or act a certain way that will elicit a certain response mm -hmm. so i, don't I find it really hard to move past that i think yeah i think i think i would too but then what's to say that people in years and years to come who've just been kind of brought up and and on this technology maybe they maybe they do find it easier because they look at it and go well um i'm trying to put myself into the mind of someone in 30 or 40 years who has you know taken all this um, smart programming algorithms, all this information technology we've got, all this artificial intelligence, just for granted. Mm -hmm. And you know, the days of having to sort of sit down and program something in, you just say it. Oh, can you do this for me? So I'm trying to think in my head of like what people would be like there. If you've always had it around you, it might seem quite normal to foster a relationship with inanimate objects, it's like what children do with um, young with toys. Yeah, they kind of personify that toy and give it a, a name and a or imaginary a, friends, or imaginary friends. Yeah. I, I don't think I think I'm the same as you I don't think I could ever see it working for me but you know in yeah, I don't know if you are if you do if you're looking for companionship and it's there and it's and it's responding to you you know does that does a does there come a point where you flip a switch and go actually I don't even care if it's not real I just you know I like that immediate dopamine hit that, that comes from getting a response back to something I've asked if it's that if you can't tell the difference between it being like um, a human and a machine yeah one way I think it is working for some people is in the form of sex robots. So a lot of these very sophisticated sex robots now have um, kind of AI built in. They can respond to you. So I think for some people having like a, a physical, it is an object, like a, a mm. person as per se, um, responding would be easier than just the, this AI like in her. Yeah, yeah. And these are these. We're not talking like blow up dolls. These no. are like fully formed silicon it's like robot. Like scarily things. human, like scarily human. Yeah, like it's 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 kind of the step towards it's like androids, isn't it? Like mm -hmm. in in sci fi movies. Yeah, the, the, these things are getting like eerily lifelike. Yeah. Um, Some people are already saying they've formed relationships with them as well. It's not just mm -hmm. having it there for sex. A lot of people are getting quite emotionally attached to them as well. Um, I, th I think I was reading a statistic that by 2050 they think that sex with robots will be more popular than sex with humans i remember that statistic yeah yeah that's uh, a little bit worrying it's not that far away it's not far years. away yeah yeah 
Not sure how I feel about all that, but um, yeah, it's 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 very hard to put yourself in in the in the mind of someone who's in a completely different situation from you. If you are, you know, if 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 it was easier and we could all do it a little bit more often, I'm sure the world would be a much nicer place. Um, but yeah, if you really are, if you've tried everything, maybe you um, have some some serious um, uh, body image concerns, or maybe you've got a, a, a I don't know, a real trouble with communication. And but that that doesn't mean that you don't deserve that companionship. You don't deserve some someone to be there for you. And if I don't know if machines can fill that gap um, in between meeting someone, then then that's that's probably a good thing. Yeah, as well with with robots, you can pick how they look. Like you could pick how tall the robot is, yeah. how slim, um, everything. So you don't have to go out and find your perfect person. You can design them. Oh my goodness! Mm. Like <laughs> what makes people attract other people? Surely it's the little once the once the lost stages. Well, if there's little imperfections, there's little. Things about the other person, the human, the things, human, about them. The human yeah. things about it. I mean, do you think that um, there may be some sort of a danger in that? I, what I said before was that you know, a robot or a machine or an algorithm could kind of give you that companionship and give you that affection and that love, kind of as a sort of stopgap between meeting a real person who um, is going to you know put you above all else, but also, and this is what a relationship is about, call you on your. BS when you're being yeah. a jerk. Um, whereas, you know, you might not ever get a machine doing that. A robot's you, when you get ever going to program to do it. Hear, yeah. And so what my, my worry is is that what is initially conceived as being like a stopgap, like you know, this will help you um, kind of foster a relationship, learn how to communicate better, uh, have someone to depend on. When that stops being a stopgap and becomes the end, the end, goal, the de facto yeah. relationship. Yeah. And then. What no, happens to no human one gets together and no one has any kids and we all the human species dies out and the robots take over? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I think one of the main things stopping people at the moment is is cost. Um, some of these can be up to ten thousand pounds if you're getting customization and everything. So I That's reckon pretty serious. It's a lot of money. But in a few years' time, people are going to be bringing out budget ones, aren't they? So what's budget sex budget robot. sex robot? Yeah. <laughs> then I think they might become a little bit more widespread. They've got sex robot brothels now you can go to. Yeah, yeah. Robot strippers. Robot strippers, yeah. Robot yep. strippers. We had that at CES um, a couple of, a couple of, at the start of January. I mean, yeah. that was an art, that was an art exhibition. Um, these, they were effectively mannequins with sort of CCTV cameras on their heads, um, gyrating around poles. Robot strippers, who knew? But there's definitely. I mean, we see it. We we we, we covered these um, some of these kinds of stories on the site um, mirror.co.uk/tech for those of you listening. And there is definitely an, a lot of interest around it, isn't there? Yeah. You know, maybe people aren't going to rush out and buy one themselves, but there is so much interest in where this kind of whole market is going. I think. Yeah. I think even in the like over the last few years, you've seen them develop hugely as well. They did look like blow-up dolls at the beginning, yeah. um, but now they are very lifelike. It's uncanny so. valley, isn't it? Yeah. Very scary. Yeah. I feel we we often seem to like end a lot of these podcasts or kind of tail out with these really depressing and, and dark sides to it because we've sort of examined the, the the lightness and the airiness and then we kind of get into the deep dark stuff. So I do think because we are running a little bit low on time, I think we should probably try and end on some some happier kind of notes in this one so um, Shavali do you have any plans for Valentine's Day? Uh, I never celebrate Valentine's Day oh no really Valentine's no. Day we normally just stay in and get like takeout 
which is actually my idea of a perfect date. So um, not too bad. How about you? I don't know. I think we'll probably try and find a little bit of time to kind of just uh, be together because I think a lot of times with Valentine's Day it can get very, um, like New Year's Day or things, a lot of pressure. Do you want to go out to a nice fancy meal? Or just what you said. Just I think making time, time to be together. together. Time yeah. together is the greatest gift. Although, have you seen Greg's is doing um, a Valentine's sit-down meal? Might treat Sam to that. You never know. I have not seen that. Stop the presses. That's what we'll I be th- doing. Yeah, table service in Greg's. Pasty for two. Fantastic. Wow. On that note. On that note, <laughs> what a way to end the show with a little bit of... Uh, Forget sex robots. Just go to Greg's. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, well, that's it. That's all we've got time for again this week. Um, thank you very much for, for joining us, for listening. We do this podcast every week. Uh, please subscribe. Please listen. If you have any uh, suggestions for things you'd like us to cover in the future, just get in touch. Drop us a suggestion. Um, we're always open to it. And of course, from myself and Shivali, have a lovely Valentine's Day. Thanks. Bye.